Hi, everybody. Stephanie Ruper here. Thank you for tuning in to the Meaning of Everything podcast, where we discuss truly revolutionary ideas. Today is episode number 27X, and it's one of the most important episodes that I think I've yet recorded. And in X, I will be discussing the culture of fear in the 21st century, its origins, its implications, what we can do about it. This is, I said, I think this is one of the most important topics that I have uh, yet addressed. It is something that I am committing much of my work in philosophy and the public space to because it's such an important issue, this question of fear. Uh, So I will be very quick with the personal shopkeeping at the beginning, a couple of notes. I have been increasing the number of books that I am giving away in my weekly drawing. This is because I have decided that I will be sharing on a weekly basis uh, a new book that I recommend people pick up uh, on a particular topic. And so I'm just continually adding to this list of books and they're all really great books. And so if you, even if you just want to see what the list is, you can go to stephanieruper.com slash book giveaway to figure out uh, what those books are. This was in part inspired by a book I recently read on this topic of the culture of fear by a man named Frank Ferretti. I'm actually holding one of his books in my lap. I'm showing people who are watching the video and Frank Ferretti is, is brilliant, brilliant sociologist and his one of his most recent books, uh, it's called How Fear Works, is really transformative and fantastic. And I recently added it to this list of books that I am uh, giving away. So uh, do check that out, stephanieruper.com slash book giveaway to figure out what kinds of books I'm recommending these days. And if you feel like entering the giveaway, of course, all you have to do is write a review of the podcast, take a screenshot and email it to me at tmoeverything at gmail.com. This week's winner, her name is uh, Melinda Lopez. uh, And I do not yet know what book she wants, but I'm very excited to find out. So uh, that is all the housekeeping for today for the Meaning of Everything podcast. As, As ever, of course, please do drop a review if you feel so charitable. And uh, you can find all of this content in snippets often or full episodes actually posted on on my YouTube channel on Facebook at Stephanie Ruper uh, and on Instagram at Stephanie Ruper. So that's all of that. Now on the topic of fear in today's world, we all kind of know, or we have a sense, we think that we are more afraid than we have been. Or we think that fear is used as a weapon more than it was once in the past. Now, there's a very live question of whether or not this is accurate, whether this sense we have is accurate. And the man I mentioned, Frank Ferretti, argues that we don't actually have more fear than people have throughout history. Fear is an inherent part of the human condition, and it waxes and wanes, of course, depending on circumstances. But generally speaking, what we actually have is a different kind of fear, a different discourse around fear. And yes, it is politicized, but it's always been politicized, right? Fear is a very potent way to craft messages. Uh, And so what we really have is a change in the way we think about ourselves personally and the way in which fear is working uh, in our 
in our culture. So in order to understand that, we need to really take a step back and see how fear has worked in human societies throughout history. Now, a really interesting thing about fear is that it was once, typically was, typically is, channeled as most other experiences in a society via the cultural mores and norms and narratives that are strung throughout this culture. So say, for example, you're living a few thousand years ago and you abide by, you read, you appreciate uh, the Hebrew Bible or the Old Testament. Uh, and in this culture, the things that you fear are directly explained and experienced within this framework, right? Within your cultural context, your political context, and this specific religious context of reading uh, this text or having this text read to you, communicated to you. And so the things you fear are very specific and they also have ways of being resolved by this culture's idea, by your culture's idea about the future, about what happens when you die, right? About uh, punishment and sin and how all of these things sort of make sense and can be met and overcome and everything has its proper place. And you fear specific things that are tend to be, again, uh, feared in this cultural context and have ways of managing them, overcoming them, or at least explaining them. Right, there is a, often a very deep theology to fear. And there is a sense in the West in which fear once had a positive valence, right? Being God fearing. This was such a positive thing to be, God fearing, precisely because this fear was seen as healthy and seen as a way to help you be a better person. And so when you experienced fear, your first thought wasn't, oh my God, I can't, I don't want to feel this. I can't handle this. You actually thought, wow, this is appropriate. This is something I should be fearing and I will use this to help make me be a better person, live in society better, etc. Fear also was once a signal of things that needed to be overcome. You had fear of things that were typically external to you. It was very much relational with things in the world, things out in the world. And so you might be afraid of a coming battle per se, say, but you would not use this as a reason necessarily to say, oh, I have to get rid of my fear or, oh, I have to go see a shrink or, oh, I have to avoid this battle. It would be a signal that it is something important that you must go resolve, that you must go fight. These were very objective things out in the real world. And again, to reiterate, they happened in this context in which you could explain them. They happened in a way that made sense and that you could fit them into the narrative of your life and your broader cultural whole. Now, it was something that happened throughout the last couple hundred years and increasingly throughout the last couple hundred years was that humans became less tied to specific cultural narratives. Really since about the 1600s, the European West at least, and we know that I'm usually speaking about this context because it is 
the one in which we are immersed and the one I know well. Since that time, Western society has become progressively plural, right? Religions began to multiply. Protestantism began to multiply. People began questioning the authority of the church that had been so solitary for hundreds and hundreds of years, thousands of years. And people began reading on their own as technologies of reading and writing were developing and spreading. And there were so many ways in which people began to think for themselves and develop competing narratives. And so nowadays we live in a world in which there really is no single way for a culture to say what's good or bad, for a culture to say, this is how we make sense of things. This is how we explain God. This is how we explain morals. This is how we explain death. We have no singular way of doing that anymore. And so the way that we cope with so many things, with death, with meaning, with meaninglessness, with alienation, with loss, with fear, is now completely untethered from cultural mores, right? We have no norms. We have no singular way of channeling our fear. And so, argues Ferretti, now we live in a culture in which fear is set loose. Fear is amorphous. Fear has tendrils that snake throughout our entire society and our entire psychology looking, it's almost looking for things to attach to, to make us afraid of, because it no longer has these solid narratives on which, through which to be corralled. And so fear is pervasive. Fear looks for things to attach to. And this, then this makes sense why it's so easy for us to politicize fear and why we can fear so many different things and why people can fight over what the right thing to fear is. Because we understand it's such a common charge in politics today to say, oh, you're fear-mongering. Oh, you're fear-mongering. I grew up in a very Republican home, and we were constantly talking about ways in which the left is fear-mongering. And now I am around more progressive voices all the time, and they're constantly talking about ways in which the right is fear-mongering. These discourses absolutely 100% happen on both sides, and the reason they are able to is because fear is unhooked. And now it's being politically leveraged. And whatever sort of political worlds we find ourselves in, our fears being channeled in, in those ways. But now we're not having discourses about whether we should be afraid, but we rather fight about which things are appropriate to fear or what is the more rational fear. And again, you hear this all the time. People say, oh, you shouldn't fear immigration, but you should fear climate change. Right? And I hear that pretty much every day. And maybe that's valid, but it's a very interesting point. And you can hear, you can hear the same arguments happening on, on the right as well. And so we have these very political discourses about what to fear, and they're being leveraged you know, by people for political power. And the media, of course, plays a role in this, but it, it doesn't play the only role. And at the same time, an interesting thing Ferretti points out happening at the same time, probably starting in around the 1920s, after the development of the discipline of psychology, we began to medicalize ourselves. And we began to not just look deep into ourselves, 
for answers and start to analyze. But we began to look at our psychological profiles in a subjective way. And this means in the context of fear, that fear was no longer a signal for something external that needed to be conquered or reckoned with, but it became something internal that needed to be done away with, something that we needed to get rid of. Fear is negative. Fear is bad. We need to get rid of fear. Fear lost its positive valence when we lost gods and when we lost narratives. We lost ways in which fear could signal something to be overcome. And now fear signals something that is bigger than us, something that we have to, we fear fear itself, right? That's, that's what Roosevelt said, and it's very true. And we need to be liberated from this because it's crushing us. One of Ferretti's primary points is that when we have this discourse around fear and we're afraid of everything, we've got this amorphous fear and we see ourselves as experiencing fear but needing to not, we, we sanitize our worlds. We start trying to find ways to get rid of causes of fear and make our worlds super clean, right? We are obsessed with safety. In his book, How Fear Works, Ferretti wrote a sentence that I will probably never forget that said, the phrase, get home safe, be safe, is the secular version of may God be with you, right? We once had these very theological narratives about what fear was and fear is a very powerful emotion. And so now we're in a more secular world and we're developing feelings around fear that are kind of theological, but we're we're not being conscientious about it, right? Not at all. We are obsessed with safety on both the right and the left in different ways. You know, uh, this idea of safe spaces, safe spaces are very popular on the left and on discourse around free speech. We need spaces in which people need to be safe, protected from the world that can harm them. But you see safe spaces on the right as well. In a way, Trump's border wall is an attempt to create a safe space. The more we are obsessed with safety, the more we actually become less safe because the world will never be perfectly safe. But if we think that we are incapable and that we need to make our world safe, that we cannot take risks, that we cannot face the consequences of taking risks, the more we actually make ourselves incapable. One of Ferretti's greatest fears, interestingly enough, one of Ferretti's greatest fears or things that he is concerned about It's not necessarily that we have things that we are afraid of, because that is inevitable, but rather that with our obsession with safety and with sanitizing our worlds, we are making ourselves less capable of dealing with the things that are powerful, the things that are scary. We make our worlds increasingly safe. This is sort of like when kids grow up in very, very clean homes and then they're allergic to everything. If we grow up sanitizing our worlds, preventing ourselves from encountering things that are scary, we become weaker and we become less confident. We become small in front of things that we might have ordinarily been able to handle. And so there's a sense in which we're actually creating societies 
our society, we are making our world, we're trying to make our world safer. We're trying to protect ourselves assiduously from things that can hurt us. But we're not necessarily making ourselves more resilient. And this is a problem because, again, the world will never be perfectly safe. And we're losing our resilience. So there is a sense in which safe spaces, as important as the concept is, and as important as it is to be in worlds that in which we feel fully safe, it is also incredibly important that we work on our resilience and that we try to make ourselves feel safe and feel strong in more environments. We want to be able to be out in the world and living and resilient and able to be strong, to fight for things that we believe in. We don't want to have to be consistently shutting ourselves away in designated safe spaces, which, to reiterate, are never completely guaranteed safe. We want to be able to uh, be strong everywhere. And so we need to find ways to marry the resilience and the narratives and the types of fear that we had in the past that signaled a need to wrestle with something as opposed to something that needs to be sanitized within ourselves. We need to marry this resilience with our quests to take care of one another and create worlds that are in some measure safe. I think we need to do both of these things. And you will find that these discourses happen somewhat you know, more on the right or on the left. On the left, we tend to be much more focused on creating safe spaces, on identity politics, on creating these anesthetized worlds for people. And on the right, you tend to prioritize free speech and tend to prioritize sort of this kind of strength or resilience or toughening up. And of course, uh, the concept of snowflakes you can find on an offense. You find offense on all sides of the aisle, but you tend to find these discourses being somewhat separated on right and left lines. And honestly, we need both. Um, we need resilience. And I think we need free speech precisely because the more and more we police speech, the more and more we're anesthetizing our worlds and making ourselves incapable, conditioning ourselves to be too vulnerable, to not be able to handle things when really we are. You know, psychological studies have demonstrated time and time again that humans live into the way in which they are treated and become very conditioned by the circumstances that we're in. And so there is a very profound sense in which we live into the fear that we are given. We become the fear that our culture has and we become vulnerable and we become weak in ways. We teach ourselves to be weak and incapable. And that is not necessarily, it's not necessary. All we have to do is flip the narrative. All we have to do is live into confidence and practice resilience and yes, take care of one another, but also uh, try as best as we can to create a world that, uh, that has freedom uh, as well as carefulness. So those are some ideas that I have been sitting with uh, and some things to think about, about this deeply fearful world, this world that is obsessed with safety, right? With the way that we parent children these days, with the way you're not allowed to let them walk to school, all this sort of stuff is really, really deeply important because we are creating future generations and we need to make sure that we are creating future generations uh, that are as strong as they are considerate. Uh, those are my two cents anyway. This has been episode 27X. 
on the culture of fear and how fear works in the 21st century, I highly recommend checking out Frank Ferretti's work. I will link to some of it in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will be with you next time. Take care.